what, what's the last thing you watched? The last thing I watched was Soul. Good question. Uh, so on, on Disney Plus. So we didn't really need a Disney Plus subscription, but uh, the family was into watching Soul. I. It's weird. I haven't seen a Pixar movie any of the last few, which is you know not necessarily a good thing. Like I haven't seen Coco, Moana, um, whatever the. I, I think Milan. the one onward. Uh, I think the last one I saw was uh, Inside Out. So um, yeah, oh, it was wow. great to to see Soul. It's a it's a really well done film. I I, I liked it a lot. I I think it's um, could have used even a little bit more of an edge. I would have liked to have seen the end go maybe a little bit differently. But I get the way that you know it's a PG movie, somewhat of a kids movie. So it it ends the way that it does. But a lot of fun. Uh, great soundtrack. So recommended soul. Yeah, yeah, I agree on all fronts. I, I watched it too. I, uh, Excellent. And um, a little bit of a, a matter of life and death uh, yes. connection, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> For I, sure. I, yeah. I did find myself uh, thinking about that movie and a couple others, uh, depending your life connection. a little bit, which is sure. Uh, yeah, both, good one. both are cri- Criterion connected now. Um, so that's right. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good starter. Well, Mark Herney, Hello. welcome. <laughs> Hello. I can't believe this, but we have not podcasted since COVID. In a year? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Actually, we're getting to a year of COVID almost. I mean, I think, you know, we have another month and a half or so to go. Yeah. But the last episode I think you were on was episode 100. Yeah, Yeah, with with Trevor talking about our our wish list. So it was Hmm. almost... Did that uh, come... Anything come true? (laughs) I don't remember. Um I, I lose track of the uh, the New Year's drawing and and everything until uh, even when it's you know when it's announced. Um, I think from the upcoming releases, only one of them do I remember it really being teased. So, yeah, yeah, I will have to go back and listen or, or look at the our lists and, and see if uh, any came true. I'm I'm, I'm betting some have. There have yeah, been some I'm great sure. releases since then. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let me just introduce you because <laughs> we're at the point where people might not know you. That's true. Because uh, it's yeah. been so long. So Mark Herney. Hello. Uh, you have, we have been podcasting brothers in arms since, how long has it been now? You know, the year that comes to mind is two, is it, has it been? I was going to say 2017, but maybe it was before that. No, because remember when I had my surgery, that was 2015. It'll be five years. It, wow! Yeah. Actually, it, it's been five years. I have to go to my my five year appointment. Holy smokes! So, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> so we go back a ways. Uh, so you just and we actually got into the history of of us and the show and all that um, on episode one hundred. So yeah. if you want to get get granular, uh, listen to that one. But I'll just say that we had a podcast called Criterion Close Up. That was a blast, but yeah, a lot of work. So yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> not sustainable in COVID. Uh, yeah. This one's a little easier, and you've been a pretty frequent guest. But I guess just you know, just we've had had stuff going on, so harder co- to connect. So I missed you, man. Glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks, man. It's good to good to talk to you. I'm glad to see that uh, you've been keeping this thing going. Always getting great guests as always, and uh, you know, talking the news and some short takes. And it's always always fun. Always love to see Criterion now popping up in my my feed. So good, nice work keeping it going. And also glad to see it, you know, on Criterion Cast, which it has been for a little while now again. But uh, just a, a a great uh, website to be part of. About a year again, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we have uh, some things to talk about. So in fact, I, I we we decided to do this without knowing what was coming up. Uh, but I know one title that's 
going to be uh, right up your wheelhouse, I think. Oh, yeah. Just to, let's take a guess. Throw it out there. I think the one that you're thinking of is Memories of Murder. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. With yeah. that, let's get right to it. Uh, so it. we're here to talk about the uh, April 2021 announcements. You know, it's we're recording on uh, the 17th, so it, it might take a little longer for this show to come out. So, of course, if you're listening, you don't care. <laughs> but um, but that, that'll explain why maybe if something's out of date. Um, so, yeah, History is Made at Night is uh, coming out on April 13th. This is Frank Borzaggi, Borzage. I was thinking Borzaggi, so it sounds cool. It does, and he was first, uh, this is his second film in the collection. His first was Moonrise, which is a, uh, a pretty interesting noir. I, I think that was a pretty good release. Agreed, yeah. I, I had seen that one, and uh, so that that's you know the one that I, I think of when I think of Frank Borzaggi. Yeah. Uh, I know he has some yeah. other no- films that he's he's known for, but yeah, it's a odd little film, so I'm interested to see what history is made at night. Is like, yeah, and I, I think I said the same thing when Moonrise was announced. Is that Versace? That's what I'm going with. So yeah, I'm wrong. There you go. <laughs> Send me a note, and I'll and I'll say sorry. But uh, he's I, he was kind of a journeyman director, you know, just one of those guys that put out pretty good quality films. But I think a few of them were above, uh, you know, above that waterline of uh, of what's what's really uh, high quality. Moonrise, of of course, and I've heard heard mixed things about this one. Uh, mm. Some people have said this is really good. I haven't seen this. Uh, have you seen this? I haven't. Nope. No, okay. I think, so I, I think I've Moonrise heard. is the only one of his I've seen. So this could be a discovery. Uh, and uh, so it's Gene Arthur, who is fantastic. Uh, Charles Boyer or Charles Boyer, I guess. Uh, he's that prototypical French actor that was just cast in American movies. Wasn't he cast in the? Um, the Pepe Lamoco remake, uh, what was it called? The American remake. Oh, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, I forget. <laughs> so I think he was because <laughs> he's Frenchish. Uh, so uh, yeah, it uh, looks like a, more of a, a, a love story. I, I'm, I think I, I'm yeah. not sure. So definitely not yeah, noir. Yeah, yeah, noir. There's definitely some some um, you know some. Jealous husband uh, issues. It sounds like in there too. So yeah, he's he's definitely got an erotic charge to his films. I found that with Moonrise too. You know, especially for yeah. a, a thirty-seven movie. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what the tone of this is. Um, yeah, it's in the des- description. He lent a palpable erotic charge by is. the chemistry between the leads. So there you go. Oh. Yeah. And it's it's currently on the Criterion Channel. So if you do want to try before you buy, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I'm curious how that how they navigate the code with that. Uh, that's that's always I, sometimes that makes for a better movie. I, I, I think like if you look at Lubitsch, yeah. you know, he was very um, very adept at adept at uh, kind of inserting eroticism without actually making it showing over. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, like it's that. a it's a new transfer 4K transfer. That's that's pretty awesome, and we have a, a new conversation. Um, between uh, Herbe Dumont uh, and uh, Peter Cowie. Of course, we know Peter Cowie. Anybody that's seen any Bergman disc recognizes him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dumont wrote a book about uh, Berzaggi, and uh, I'm kind of interesting about interested in that. Uh, the Life and Films of a Hollywood Romantic. So, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, for sure. And then we have an um, interview with, uh, with a good friend, uh, Farron Smith-Nem, 
and uh, about uh, his obsession with romantic love. So there on is. Uh, <laughs> on point. I, they must have been planning this for a while. If it was 2019, this yeah, time. yeah. You wonder if it was kind of in the can uh, some time ago. So yeah. So then some audio expert excerpts of a of Brzezaghi interview, uh, radio adaptation of the film, uh, actually broadcast by uh, the, the Screen Guild Theater, and starring Charles Boyer. So that's uh, that's interesting. I probably won't. I won't watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you're not the biggest fan of radio ad adaptations. So ah, you know, good, good background audio. Maybe. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's the thing with COVID is there's not as many opportunities for background audio. So it's true. Uh, so, sorry, COVID. And then a new program about the restoration, and I always geek out about that. Yeah, so, I love um, that stuff. What do you think? Yeah. Excited? Yeah, yeah. This is cool. I mean, it certainly wasn't on my radar. And after Moonrise, I was I was hoping they would, you know, introduce me to some more Berzagey. So yeah, is it Berzagey? I don't know. Berzage, Berzage, gonna, tomato, I think tomato. Every time we say his name, we should say it differently. That would, that's the way we should do it. <laughs> well, that's too late because we're about to move on. Um, <laughs> okay. What do you think about the cover? I, I think we probably don't know enough about the movie to get it, I'm yeah. guessing, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like the way it, it's put together, and, and it's you almost have a Titanic-type boat on there, and there is a, a note here from Criterion that there's a little disaster thriller in there. So, yeah, I, I like it. Cool. Well, nice all right, Mr. Borgigs, <laughs> we're moving on to, uh, well, a little easier um, name, Mr. Bong. Bong. Good old Bong. Bong. Uh, in fact, thinking pre-COVID, Bong was uh, talk of the town with the Oscars. Yeah, he was. So, um, yeah. I think he's a tremendous filmmaker, and I'm I do too. really excited about this. I've seen this, of course. I'm, I'm sure you have as well, right? Yes. Yeah, this is my pick of the month. Uh for sure, yeah, and it's probably still my favorite Bong Joon Ho. It's the, I think it's the yeah. second, maybe third movie I saw of his, and I've only seen it once, and I was just floored by it. I think it's second movie might be his best work. Uh, still, it's 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 tremendous. I think so too, and this is a a very much a procedural. Um, I, I haven't seen it in a little while. I can't remember how long, but it's uh, yeah, it's really it's a crime story, but it's an exceptional crime story. I think among. Uh, you know, I hate to be hyperbolic, but I think it's among the best I've seen. I mean, it's really a stellar film. Agreed. Yeah. And let's see. I think it's a long film, too. Yeah, well, it's definitely over uh, two hours, not too much more, but, you know, longer side. But he, most of his movies are, are you know, around a little over two two hours. They're looking at the uh, Korean package on uh, Criterion Channel, it's something I've realized is the Korean filmmakers, they, they like their films, it seems like, between two and two and a quarter hours, so a little on the longer side. Yeah, and I think Parasite was right about that same length, if I yeah, if I recall correctly, so. which I've, I've seen Parasite three times since uh, the last time we talked, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Um, yeah. Yes, oh, and by the way, the cover, out of this world, it's already tremendous. a contender yeah. for cover of the year. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous yeah and if you know the movie you get it <laughs> it's mm. uh it's really exceptional who did this cover let's see it was uh oh greg ruth yeah, yeah. so that explains it he's he's super talented um yeah really good work there nice use of color and just the you know it looks like penciling of the uh the, the grass um yeah it's it's great yeah now uh yeah easily cover of the year and get this we actually have really three commentaries sort of so we have two. Well, there's one from 2009. I'm guessing that's from another release. Uh, right. That's 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 with Bong. 
and then a new one from uh, Tony Raines. Uh, d- did you happen to catch the uh, the Tony Raines and Bong uh, commentary for Parasite? No, no, I haven't. D- I've only seen the film. I haven't done the the supplements yet. Um, highly recommended. It was really good. Um, Excellent. Ha- have you have you been buying uh, Criterion's throughout the year? Oh yes. <laughs> okay, <Yep. laughs> just Keep, not watching I'm them. Keeping up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I really am a Criterion watcher when the the mood strikes. So when I'm in, for when I have an excuse to watch it, is when I watch it. That's fair. Well, I will just say that uh, Bong's English is better than I expected. Mm. <laughs> I, I kind of wonder if he was playing us during the Oscars by having the tra- translator. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not perfect, but uh, it was it was adequate for the commentary. He he was fully English. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that. And I am guess maybe this is English. They didn't say otherwise. Uh, but the third commentary is deleted scenes with optional commentary. So I'm, I'm interested in that. Uh, two, two hour and however many minutes. That's, um, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is amazing. And it's two discs. Um, yes. You know, so I mean, with all those supplements and a little bit longer film, that's, grain and yeah $40 MSRP so this is you know looks like the release of the month I wonder if it'll be a digipack I'd be surprised if it wasn't um, you know one of the early digipacks for the year yeah I imagine it has to be like like Parasite I I think in fact I think they might intentionally package it similarly maybe not with the overlay I don't think that would work with this cover but um, but yeah the, the packaging for sure and yeah, so the the supplements are just out of this world. Yeah, I, I think that's why we needed two discs. There's yeah. just so much here. Um, so probably this is all going to be on the second disc. We have a, a new feature with uh, Guillermo. Guillermo, I can never say his name. Guillermo. <laughs> Guillermo. 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 Guillermo del Toro. Um, which is great. I love uh, when he seeing him uh, geek out over a film, and I'm sure he's a, a big fan of, of Bong. Yeah. Um, New interview with Bong about the real life serial killer, uh, which I actually don't know anything about. I didn't from last time, so that's that's awesome. And yeah. uh, documentary from two thousand four, uh, the deleted scenes that I mentioned. Uh, a new program about the sound, which I that's great uh, yeah. with a friend of the show. He's been on the show, Jeff Smith from Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then we have a student film by Bong, uh, Incoherence uh, from nineteen ninety four. With, yeah, so this is such a release. Yeah, yeah. The the out of print DVD I have has like uh, almost none of these. I think it, it might have a couple <laughs> couple things. So it, it's yeah. We we knew this is coming, and it's just an amazing uh, tribute to uh, you know early Bong work. This is actually his second feature film, if I remember, after Barking Dogs Don't Bite, um, which is currently on the Criterion Channel and Hulu. So and uh, yeah, nice. it's, it's it's an amazing second film. I just he's. He's such an assured director with his first movie um, that, you know, if I had seen this film or I'd seen Barking Dogs Don't Bite, I, I would have, back then, I would have been thinking, oh, I can't wait to see what he does next. And he, I just, yeah, I feel he knocked it out of the park. So it's Yeah. It's great. And one thing that's been cool about this re-release is I, you know, of course, the world we're living in, uh, we're, we're watching a lot of virtual cinema uh, I say virtual. <laughs> they have the virtual screenings, and you know you can go to Amazon or iTunes and see the recent recent releases. And for the last couple months, this one has come up uh, in on those on those lists. And I think some people might not realize that it's not new. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and I'm sure some people have uh, have bought it, rented it, uh, and 
discovered it. But um, yeah, if you have not seen this, you're in for a treat. It's a, this is probably a candidate, I think, for release of the year. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, once they, we'll see uh, how the box sets out. go. But yeah, for a single film, I I see this you know certainly being really high. I I uh, really recommend if you haven't seen one that I, I I don't think gets as much love for Bong for whatever reason as Mother. Uh, if you're in the mode of of Parasite and Memories of Murder, uh, Mother is kind of in that same vein. You know, different than when he mm. goes outside and gets a little more genre with like uh, the host or maybe Snowpiercer. Um, you know, if you're a fan of uh, of of those, you know, of these films, I I definitely recommend Mother. That's that's my wheelhouse for him. I mean, he's such a with, with this. It's a it's it feels like an epic procedural with these just bumbling. Yeah bumbling investigators that you know there there wasn't a they didn't know I, I don't even know if they knew what a serial killer was you know in korea at this time so they didn't know how to handle it mm-hmm. and it's it just has a it's kind of like zodiac but it's got a funnier tone um that makes the kind of heavy subject matter easier you know more palatable uh so it's it's just such an engrossing you know two plus hours yeah i'm, I'm sure this is not the last we'll we'll talk about this uh, as it comes out so but anyway, I hate to move on from that because that's such a great film. But we have four other, uh, three other releases uh, for the month. So uh, we have the Furies coming out the same day as uh, as Memories of Murder, uh, four twenty. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if that was intentional. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think neither. Oh, I haven't seen the Furies. That, that's one of the DVDs. I think I have, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of deprioritize those for Blu-ray. Uh, right. So have you, this is Anthony Mann, and uh, and I, I love Anthony Mann. So it, I, I believe it's a Western, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think so. I, I haven't seen it either. It's just been one of those ones that I picked up multiple times and wanted to, to see, but just haven't popped it in the player. Um, so it's Barbara Stanwyck, Walter Houston. Um, yeah, I, I really uh, have been <laughs> wanted to check it out. So Oscar-nominated cinematography. So, yeah. Okay. It's a nice, yeah, I'm, I'm in. nice upgrade. Um, so, yeah, and... It looks like uh, this is just a HD transfer, and I'm, I'm seeing this more and more with their upgrades. You know, they're I think they just take what they can get, and I, and the numbers are dwindling. There's there's fewer, yeah. But there is there is a little more uh, from than than what's on the the original disc. So we have a commentary, and I, 2008. I, I'm not positive if that was on the original. I think it is. That was right about the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. So is this one of those later? Yeah, it is. Uh, so, yeah, it's 2008 was the original DVD, and uh, the only new thing from just doing a comparison, I think, is the new program that they know on the Blu-ray. So it's a yeah. it's a port with that new feature. And the, the the one thing I think it's it may lose, we don't know at this point, is the book um, that came with it. So it's just a you know huge brick of a <laughs> digipack. So I I hope maybe they bring that forward, but we will see. Uh, they, I think they will. Uh, if if you look, they they have uh, an, an essay or two essays, um, and then oh, they yeah, have uh, a there, new printing yeah. of the 1948 novel. So awesome. it might still be a brick. More awesome. brick, go Criterion. Thank you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. So and and it's worth mentioning. Well, first off, spine number four thirty five. So this is right. It, this came out probably right when they were switching to Blu ray. This might be one of the last non. Blu-ray or just DVD only releases, right. so it's uh, about time. And the new program uh, features uh, Imogen Sarah, Sarah Smith, who is pretty much a, a, a staple, uh, just like uh, Farron. Uh, F- yeah, Farron. Uh, they're they're on a lot of discs lately, and uh, and she's become one of my favorites. So looking forward to that. And she's spoke about westerns, 
and well, she talks about noir, but she's really, really great with classic film, classic American film especially. So yeah, it's on my list, but we'll move on. Yeah, good one. Uh, Olivier Assayas, I think we're both fans, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is prob- of, of the month. This would be pick number two for me. Big fan. Yes. Yeah. Irma, Irma Vep. And first, I, I want to go into this cover. I'm really sort of fascinated by the cover. It's it's a little avant-garde, but I'm I'm kind of digging it. It took me a moment to like kind of get into it, but it have you have you seen this film? No, no, it's one of the one of his I haven't. I've seen probably two thirds of what he's done, but I haven't seen this one. It's it's good. It's it's a little different than uh, than what what he's done. So I I'd say that when when you see the film, it might make a little more sense. Uh, but this is sort of a uh, it's based on uh, Les Vampires by uh, Fiod Filad. I forget how you say it. Um, he also did. Didn't he do Phantomas? I believe I so, did. yeah. I think Kino's released those both on Blu-ray, if I remember. I kind of wanted to pair the two. I think that's kind of, again, yeah. excuse-watching. I want to watch uh, Les Vampires, Vampire, uh, <laughs> whatever it is, and then uh, Irma Vep together. You know, it's a good, seems like a good pairing, so. That would be, yeah. Um, and, and is that on, uh, is Les Vampires or, or Les Vampires? Uh, is that out? Do you know? Do oh, we know? Only, only on Kino. Uh, from oh, only on Kino. Okay. Yeah. Kino that Blu-ray. Might be a good idea. Um, and we also have the music of Sonic Youth and Luna. So um, <laughs> this is a, and, and they call it a hallucinatory swirl of postmodern cool. Um, now it's probably been about 15 years since I've seen this. Mm, uh, and I, okay. I, I did dig it, but it was a little a little out there. And I, I think this is, I mean, I was certainly a cinephile in, in 2005 or whatever it was. But I don't remember it that fondly. But I do remember it, it had a. I don't want to say style over substance, but it hmm. there, there's a lot of style. So I th- I think I'll dig this. Um, and yeah, we we know from uh, what was the the film with the campfire campfire that came out? Oh, uh, cold water. Yeah, cold water. Yeah, yeah this is he, a follow up to that. I think so. Right after. Okay. Yeah. yeah he's he's good change. with he's he's, he's kind of like the French Soderbergh. He's he's good with putting music in uh, in his films. Mm, yeah. So, good so point. it's. A 2K, um, but one thing I want to mention is that they they have, um, uh, I'll say Fulad, it's probably not that, but they have the sixth episode of his serial on uh, Vampire, or Vampire called Hypnotic Eyes. And I think that's very right. cool that they have uh, something that's not, uh, in, not Asaeus. You know, this might be the episode that was more impactful on this film. Um, have, you, have you seen any of those uh, uh, Fulads? No, no, he's new to me. Okay, well, I guess you will. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. we have Asaeus, lots of Asaeus. Yeah. Uh, new interview with him on the set with him, and uh, and behind the scenes uh, interview from two thousand three with him, and uh, and a critic, uh, and then Ma- Maggie Chung also. I think is uh, it's interesting, especially with the Wong Kar Wai set coming out. Uh, maybe actually a <laughs> good timing, uh, but that's. She's an uh, an interesting cast for this film, but actually, having seen it, she's kind of the ideal cast. But uh, she, she'll talk about it. Uh, that's from two thousand three, and um, probably product of the original DVD from somewhere. And then there's a, a documentary on the actor Musadora, the tenth muse who originated the role, and uh, a portrait of uh, Maggie Chung, which is a short film by um, Sas. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I, I think, and 
English subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Second on the list. Are we on oh, the same yeah. page here? Yeah. I mean, I, I of course, I, I bought the, so Arrow released this, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I think, on uh, they did. Region B. And of course, I picked that up, hadn't watched it yet. So there, there is some crossover <laughs> with the uh, the supplements um, between those two, but this one, it does have more uh, on it. So uh, this is the, the one to, to get. Two discs, you know, again, so it's... Uh, yeah, eas- easily the the other release of the month. That's funny because uh, same, <laughs> I have the Arrow mm-hmm. and I haven't watched it, uh, or in this case rewatched it. How often has that happened with us? We oh, both collect so often, <laughs> and no, I'm fine then Criterion it's... comes out and we watch that first. Yep. I think the only exception is going to be Crash, which I, I just received. Uh, it went around the world. Long right. story, <laughs> and <laughs> so I'll, I'll watch yeah. the Arrow before the Criterion. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a great title. And that mm-hmm. leads us to our last film of the month. Uh, it is coming out, uh, I believe, the 27th. Yes. yes. Same day as Irma Vep, which is uh, Masculine Feminine from uh, Jean-Luc Godard. Jean-Luc Godard. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, okay, interesting. But, but you know, a lot of times with Godard, you got to watch it twice. Yeah. So I'm kind yeah. of, you know, I'm glad to get that opportunity. And... Uh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it wasn't my favorite either. Uh, I, I do feel like I kind of gave it short shrift because I, I think I saw it along with bunched with some other films and Godard. And I really, you know, to your point, I just need to to give it a, its due again. Yeah, and there's so many great Godards. And there's some not so good right. Godards. Right. Yeah, and it, uh, this one follows up Pierre LeFou. It, it just, yeah, it felt like Godard light a little bit, yeah. you know, for his late 50s or uh, late, you know, mid to late 60s work it just felt like he you know going over the same material again a bit but i'm sure you know the supplements will inform why it's an important work yeah and and this is an upgrade by the way uh spine 308 and yeah this this is around the time of i believe it's right between pierre lefou and uh weekend and so i could be wrong about the the sequencing but this is right when he was kind of get into his more crazy period. I know that's, <laughs> we're talking about Godard here, so you know, he's, <laughs> right. he's kind of started out in a, a little bit radical filmmaker. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. It uh, looks like, aside from the restoration, the, the features, the supplements are the same. Yeah, it's a full port. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think even, I don't know about the essay, but... And, yeah, it's and the, the same one. The same, yep. yeah. Yeah. And the covers, yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah, uh, again, it's a poor. Unless it changes, it's the same same cover as the current DVD. So, so yeah, looking forward to revisit. I, yeah. I will. Uh, but uh, that's about all I have to say. Yeah, and it's on the Criterion Channel again. So if you want to check it out before, try before you buy. I like yep. that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what, what do you think about this month in, in general? I, I like it overall. I mean, if if we if we rate it, I, I can't go as low as a seven. I'd probably go for an eight because of the Asayas and the Bong Joon Ho films. So yeah, I mean, films from two of my favorite working directors that Criterion is putting out makes it a <laughs> a, a pretty solid month to me. And also the uh, there potentially a new classic Hollywood discovery with the um, Borz Gage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <film>. <laughs> Glad you can say uh, that again. Yeah, no, I, I think I have said, said it differently every time, which is on on point. That's what we tried, yep. intended for. So, um, yeah, no, really good month. No box sets, but you know, two two releases that are you know potentially digipacks and also two discs. So that's yeah, 
pretty pretty big in my book. So this is April, and you're right. We've had one box set. We can't expect them to top last year no. <laughs> as far as quantity of box sets or, or quality. Um, right. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking we'll probably get more, probably in uh, maybe summer for the Barnes & Noble sale, assuming that is a thing. Right. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, my concern, and I, I don't think Criterion will go here, but I do see this with film, is, you know, we, we got a lot of the things that were in process prior to COVID, and I, I feel yeah. like we might see a lot fewer films in 2021, uh, and a lot of f- big films are being pushed back again. And I wonder how, you know, how many of these things, like the, you know, like you said with the Borzaji, uh, that that was maybe in the can a while back. Will they uh, step back production? We've got five again in the month of April, so we haven't seen any uh, hints of uh, really, you know, COVID affecting their production at this point. But you know, again, we'll see see what happens yeah you, you also have to think about their just their working methods so now this this is on the heels of one car Y. oh so yeah that that's that's a pretty big deal yeah too. there it is yeah, um, yeah. and and also we had the benuel so i'm um, yeah, i'm not gonna discount any of that i have a feeling that might it might be a little while till we get something of that stature because they've I, I i just imagine they have to have been slammed with uh, the fellini and all these box sets right uh, so and then one car Y to, to round it out bruce lee you know don't forget that one. Uh, yeah, Carol Zeman. Cinema last I mean, year. And yeah, the Zeman. Yeah. It was, yeah. And the Varda set. I mean, last year. Was, I know. <laughs> I, I don't know how they topped the Bergman year, but they did uh, in 2020. I think they so, did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, great, great year. Uh, great year as far as Criterion. Pretty crummy year as far as uh, everything else. But, uh, you know, here's, here's hope for 2021. I'm fine with a little worse year on Criterion and a little better year as far as everything else yeah, goes. Yeah, let's... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll trade that off. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yep, good point. All right, well, that's the April announcements. Uh, yeah, gr- really good month, especially because of those two. So let's get into everything else, Criterion. And I, we have a few things to talk about. Cool. Uh, so, so, of course, there's the uh, the current release slate. So uh, just this month, we have uh, Minding the Gap and uh, three films by Louis Benwell. And uh, so you were, you've you're going to talk about 2020 films. I think Mining the Gap was a 2018 film. Is that right? I think right? so, yeah. Have you, uh, have you seen that? It was on Hulu. Yeah, I did. I think, I can't remember if it was on my top 10 list or, or just outside, but it's, it's a really stunning documentary. I think it's its first film as well. So, yeah. I, I think so too. And then uh, have you, Bunuel, have you seen those? I love Bunuel. Yeah. He, he's one of my, you know, just, early criterion discoveries that I, I sat down at like 11 o'clock at night just like ah, i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get through it but i, I want to watch a boon well and i went with the discreet charm and was just blown away so <laughs> yeah that's uh I, I cracked open the set and that's the one i started with and i, I don't know why i think i think i some sometimes because his <laughs> titles are so long you know they're like five six word shot titles but this one's very distinct i i, I think i said i hadn't seen it but i have and it, so it's been a nice rewatch. Uh, yeah, really a nice set too. Yeah. Have you uh, opened yours yet? No, I haven't gotten it yet. So this will this will wait for the okay. February flash sale. So I'm only complete through uh, you know the Barnes and Noble sale in uh, November. So oh, got it. Yeah. Well, you have some good ones coming to you. So oh, yeah. And then these will be part of that as well. Uh, we have um, rounding out. I think I think this is the end of January. Maybe a little. I think. Well, so Rolling Thunder review, and then the ascent. That's a special one. 
And then the parallax view, I think, is that might be beginning uh, February. And then, of course, after that, we have the rum and piranis. So anything here that jumps out to you that you uh, find exciting? Or? I mean, really, the I, I've been waiting. I haven't seen the Ascent yet, so I, I have the you know the oh. Eclipse series. So that's that's definitely the standout for me. Can't wait yeah. to see that. You're in for a treat. Have you seen Parallax View? No, no, I haven't seen that either. Okay, you're in in, in for two treats, and R- Rolling Thunder review. <laughs> Just I don't know. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm sorry. When I'm in the I, mood I, for I, Dylan, I I'll not check like that things. one out. I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> shut my mouth. <laughs> All right, so, so yeah, pretty good release slate we're in. Uh, I think it's a good now, good good criterion now time. Um, Absolutely. But then we d- down the road we have, uh, uh, as we alluded to, one car Y. And I don't know if you heard the John John Lobinger show where we talked about some of the conspiracies. I did. Uh, conspiracies. Sorry. Yeah. Controversies. There, as far as I know, no conspiracies. <laughs> there might be. One yeah, car. Why? Maybe, maybe the, the Russians <laughs> got knows? involved and they, you know, they put a gun to to uh, one car. Why's head and told him, you know, they he needed to tint his films a little bit. I, who knows? You, know, you never know. Or yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe, well, they would they would probably inch towards red. Although they do have the hammer and sickle. I think is yellow, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, good, good <laughs> so, point. Yeah. So I, I don't know if this is a controversy, but um, but Gary at DVD Beaver took a look at In the Mood for Love, and I'm I'm gonna preface this by saying that I, I appreciate what Gary does, but sometimes those comparisons are tough to read, just because he goes through like they're just so comprehensive. Yeah. And it's so it's I, I try to just get the highlights of his opinions and what he's his takeaways. And I think his takeaway was ultimately positive on this. I think I think he said it was actually a good looking disc. Mm-hmm. But, he did. But there is a okay. Thank you. <laughs> but there's a little yellow tint, um, and I and there's the screenshots. And we've had this discussion before. We don't want to be pixel pushers. I think that was Martin's expression. <laughs> I like it, yeah. Martin Kessler. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. But but the one thing is, yellow is the new teal. I have seen some complaints online. Uh, so I, I, I again, I'll watch it. I. And see how it looks in full motion. I'm expecting it's going to look pretty nice. And in fact, I think I'm more excited having read this. Uh, what what yeah. do you think? Oh yeah, I I don't uh, I, I really I mean one it's what Von Car Y wanted to do. So it's not like someone else came in and you know has done some different color grading. Um, so to me, that's uh, and he's not George Lucasing his film. He's not adding some <laughs> you know he's not adding some digitize some CGI Jawas in there. So we're not going to see, you know, Tony Leung interacting with, uh, with Jawas or, or something like that. It's, it's what he wanted to do. And as I understand, it's recut a little bit. So my recommendation is with this is to go in exactly like, um, you know, Gary twos did go in with an open mind, check it out Mm -hmm. and hang on to your other Blu-ray. And if you have the time and want to do it, do a comparison, figure out which one you like better and uh, tend towards that one. So, yeah. and you know, it's it's such a beautiful film. Period. That I think that I, I think it's actually that's almost a bonus getting a little bit of a, a, a refresher. You yeah, know, like having seen it already, seen the other disc, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's yeah. If, if there's a little new, something new, that's uh, that's exciting to me. Yeah, it gives me more incentive to re- rewatch it. Yeah, L- looking at the, the the screen captures, it almost seems to give it almost like a more of a dreamlike quality. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. It's uh, just that that different colorization. Uh, I, I think it's just going to be a wonderful experience. I, I it would have been nice to get both, and I think you guys talked about this before. You know, I, I yeah. think everybody that listens to this is probably comprehensive and is like, give us both. But again, if you already <laughs> have the the 2012 Blu-ray, just hang on to it. 
Yeah, and same thing with Chunking Express, uh, because that has, uh, speaking of which, we, uh, Tony Raines, uh, also on Memories of Murder, I mean, really just a gem of a person, at least a, a scholar. I, I, I had heard, I think we talked about it, that uh, he and uh, Wong Kar Wai had, had a falling out. Not sure if that's true or not, but um, but yeah, for whatever reason, that's not on there. But um, And I saw somebody was trying to sell their Chunking Express disc for, um, like, I think it was $50, and they weren't getting any, any takers. Hmm. So I don't I don't know. Uh, people were like, I'm just going to buy the box set. Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. Are, are you keeping yours? Oh yeah, yeah. I I tend to sometimes I sell the old one if it's exactly the same, but usually if it's um, I only sell them if it's a um, um, like a DVD to a Blu-ray. Uh, if it's part of a box set, I'll probably just keep it. So yeah, yeah I'll hang on to it for sure. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we also had a closet video come out. Now this one is uh, is interesting because uh, it was about a year ago that, uh, so this is Matthew Modine's closet video. And about a year ago he was on this show and he talked about how much fun he had going to the Criterion Closet. And he said, oh, it'll be coming out soon. <laughs> Another um, <laughs> year later. But <laughs> so so yeah. we get a little insight into what, what kind of uh, backlog they're working with. Uh, I, I kind of wonder when these are going to uh, run out. I think they've been spacing them out a little bit. Uh, did you get to watch I it? I did, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. He picked up a lot of titles. And uh, I, I, I think my favorite was The Midnight Cowboy because I, I feel like you kind of got – what I love yeah. about these videos is you get an insight into – in some respect, what maybe turned that person into a cinephile and, you know, being interested in film. And you, you realize he, he tells the brief story about how Midnight Cowboy came out as a rated X film and it was playing at his dad's drive in in Utah. So, you know, there is probably where he became, uh, you know, burgeoning cinephile and maybe that gave him the acting bug. So that was a, a pretty cool story. And the Mormons kicked him out. Uh, was the, the story? So <laughs> he's he's such a good good guy, and and yeah. he and that comes through in the uh, the video. So what's I think he might have mentioned on the show. I I don't don't recall. It's been a year, and if, if you haven't noticed, a few things have happened since then. But he talked about high and low, and mm. last year I had not seen high and low, and so I'm glad that seeing his appreciation, having recently seen it, um, yeah, I. I I get why he was so passionate about it. It's, it's really a rem- remarkable film, and I think that was the only foreign film he talked about on his uh, his video. He talked about Waltman, all that, uh, but uh, yeah, he, he tends to gravitate towards American, maybe. But uh, but yeah, good guy. Check out the video, uh, and I'll, I'll put a link to that old podcast. I think it probably still has some staying power. Yeah, definitely. That was a great one. So good, good yeah, job. Yeah, it was with fun. That Thank you. Thank you. So all right. Well, then, then we also have some. This is interesting. We, there's a, a new restoration of Abel Gantz's Napoleon, and uh, Netflix is involved, which is makes it more interesting. Very interesting, yeah. Yeah, so do, do we both... I have the BFI, do you? I do, yep. Did you watch nope. it? <laughs> <laughs> Sensing a theme here? <laughs> I, <laughs> I used it to test uh, a TV, and it looked remarkable. Mm. But I just could not. I have trouble finding three and a half hours to. I think that's or maybe four. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So Netflix being involved makes it interesting. But there's the famous triptych. You know the the you've seen that right? At least clips I've of seen it. clips of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I really wonder you know what they're gonna do with it if if anything. I I kind of want to set up three TVs you know and see if I can hey, do that. So okay. here's the idea. <laughs> or maybe like 
get a get your phone and an iPad and hold them next to the TV. Right. On <laughs> either uh, side. Yeah. Oh man, imagine watching the triptych on your phone. <laughs> Three phones <laughs> next together. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen how that works with the um, you know, just with the, the print, but the thing is I th- I thought that it was just restored for the the BFI. So that was it's not long so ago. It's so odd, yeah. And the this story talks about how it's uh it's being it like the restoration started in I think 2008 and it's running through 2021. So there's some some kind of a gap. I don't, I'm not sure. Or wasn't wasn't that maybe like a partial partial restoration and it's set to complete in 2021? My just thinking of it, you know, spitballing. My 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 memory's a little bit fuzzy, but so I I don't know. But I mean, to me, the fact that that uh, Netflix is is involved with this is a a great thing because you know you you're seeing that you hope that the people in the that have the money at this point in the film business can spend it in some positive ways and that's certainly Netflix so and they you know they they have a yeah um you know they're involved with criterion now they have a relationship now so this this is uh, certainly a positive thing and it's yeah I, I know they they also you know they put up the bill for the Irishman and yeah they're they're do, doing good things for cinema they're they're putting out some interesting programming i never would have imagined that you know, a 1928, I think it is, or 24, whatever. Um, 27. Lengthy film. Yeah. 27. A silent film would be up their wheelhouse. <laughs> They're not really big on classic film. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 of course, I'm, I think that this might indicate that they're maybe involved to divert it to Criterion. Um, so, do you th- and of course, there's also the controversy about the scores. There's Bernstein right. and the Coppola score. Yeah. My feeling is this is probably the Coppola score, so this and that would maybe give give us more of a, 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 a more likelihood that it's going to be in uh, on Criterion or some other label. So what do you right. think? Yeah, that's you know to me, you know, reading this, it's just it's uh, BFI put it out. And I certainly see it with their relationship with uh, Netflix and Criterion. It'll it'll come to Netflix, and uh, Criterion would get the physical media rights. That's what it, what it seems like to me. Well, I'll take it. it. I like the the article calls it the triple screen yeah. rather than the uh, the, the triptych. So yeah. Uh, yeah, get ready for that tri- trifecta. Um, so yeah, that, that's exciting. Yeah, very. Uh, cool. Another thing that's exciting is um, so uh, first off, and this probably should have been part of that. Bec- so we we didn't have a New Year's drawing, and I, I think we all missed that. Uh, I, I certainly missed that, but I'm not surprised. Um, uh, somebody indicated when we did the poll, the prediction poll, that there's just not as much information about new releases, or likely rumors. Right. So I, I, I and last time with with Jonathan, we there were a lot of rumors, and uh, and so we talked about quite a few. I'm going to have a segment that's just going to be rumor title titles, and uh, so this time we only have one, unless you count Napoleon. Mm-hmm. But this is pretty exciting yes. as well. <laughs> Uh, Chess of the Wind, and I forget the. Oh, it's a uh, Muhammad Riza Aslani. That's pretty good. I'm and, impressed. That's. Uh, I think you you, <laughs> you nailed that one, Aaron. That's your best work of the podcast. I can't get Berzaji, <laughs> but I can I can get uh, Aslani. Nice work. Uh, so th- this is interesting because this was a lost film, and it was found and restored, and apparently it's already on Janice's website, and they tweeted about it. So. Um, yeah, this looks exciting. I have no idea what it's about or anything about it, but um, but I love Iranian film. And I, you know, of course, there's the pedigree of Panahi and uh, of course Kiarostami. Oh yeah. So what? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, it's 
<laughs> reading the article, Iranian Gothic family thriller. Yes, please. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the only, the director only has, uh, I was looking at IMDb, only it's one of two narrative films that he has. The rest are shorts and docs. And, uh, and he's still, you know, I don't know if he's working currently, but uh, has the, the last uh, entry was 2016. Uh, but this was banned in Iran. It got some bad reviews, and it was just kind of a forgotten film. And uh, it looks like it's part of the Martin Scorsese World uh, Cinema Foundation project, so we might see it either oh. as a separate release or maybe as a box set, uh, potentially, number four. So, And, and it, it notes in the article uh, the influence of uh, European masters like uh, Pasolini, Visconti, and Bresson. So if you like those, um, you know, it's I, I'm down, dude. I mean, this, this is huge news to me. <laughs> I, I'm just a big fan of Iranian cinema in general, especially some of the contemporary work. So I can't wait for this. This this is one of those ones where uh, you guys say it's going right in the player. Yeah, and it was 1976. So, uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't compare it to, you know, the, the modern or I guess really the 90s is when that renaissance kind of exactly. came about. Yeah. Uh, so and this was before the revolution, which I believe was seventy nine. Right. So this would would be during the Shah of Iran. Iran. Uh, so I'm curious why it's controversial, and I, I'm guessing that the release, whether it's uh, WCP four, which hey, let's rep that. Yeah. Uh, WCP four. Let's let's get let's that one going. And yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll probably learn a little more about it, but and uh, why it was banned. But I think I, it, yeah, it's, I, I can't think wait. It's probably the the sexuality because there is a mention of homosexuality in it. So there's got to be. Uh, and, and just the you know a, a gothic thriller uh, just doesn't to me doesn't really ring your your typical Iranian film. I, I've never seen that kind of genre for Iran, so <laughs> it may have just been something that was really um, not red, audiences weren't ready for it. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Now we will see. Yeah. I can't wait, and especially with that that those influences. You know, a, a Pasolini inspired seventies uh, Iranian film. Yeah, no, sign me up. (laughs) And it sounds like an interesting score. They're calling it uh, traditional Iranian music, but it sounds like demented jazz. So give me some demented jazz. I'm in. (laughs) Uh, I can take, uh, yeah, I have swollen that one whole. So, uh, all right, well, and the last bit of news, I always enjoy seeing uh, Criterion Forum. Uh, That's a a pretty active uh, Criterion uh, website, uh, forum community. And they they do their um, their best Criterion releases of the year, and sometimes get some interesting uh, re, re, you know, interesting results. Um, sometimes, uh, yeah. So sometimes not always. Uh, the they don't seem like the popular uh, results. Sure. But um, but as it turns out, they they had. Um, I'll put a link in the notes. But uh, come and see Botrevai, WCP three, Carol Zeman, Cameraman. Uh, what's interesting is me and you and everyone we know was on there. Yeah. Um, then the gunfighter Agnes Varda was eighth. So come on. Yeah, that's um, interesting. <laughs> at Ghost Dog, Christ stopped at a bully, and the essential Fellini Tony were a three-way tie. So yeah, uh, have you seen enough in 2020 to to have no, a favorite? No, I can't really. I can't really vote on those. But it, it is interesting to that they, as far as best release, they put something like come and see above the box sets. But, you know, it's, it's, it, that was the film that people have been asking for, for, you know, years now. So, um, it maybe I'd, I'd be interested to see how their, their rating system is. Um, but you know, that's a, well, they, they, 
it's like a, a composite rating. They they just go by f the forum members and they uh, yeah, everybody puts the, a list together and then they uh, compile. So yeah, it's it's just their their membership. I see. Okay. Uh, hmm. uh, have you seen Come and See no. before? No. Nope. Ooh. I know. You need to I come know. and see it. I know. I've been I've been turn off I've the been lights. Waiting on that one. I almost watched it uh, this week, but I just I wasn't quite ready to come and see. So it's. That, yeah, that'll be February. Keep the kids, keep the kids away from it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even the wife. Although Andrea watched it, oh, and she wow. loved it. No, that's so. that's me by myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did uh, did your wife like 1917? She did. Yeah, the kids uh, liked it a lot too. I I watched it once, and we all went to to see that together. So that that was definitely a top 2019 film for the family. In that case, she might find it interesting, although it is. A l well, not a, l <laughs> a lot disturbing. It's a it's very very difficult watch. Uh, Nineteen Seventeen is comparatively pretty sanitized. Sure. Um, yeah. W some of the they have little subcategories too, kind of like we do with our our Criterion Cast uh, Best of the Year. Um, but one one thing was uh, they had Tony as the best cover, which yeah. I I thought was great. I, I love that cover. Um, and they had uh, I, I always love most unnecessary release. <laughs> Uh, and, and Best Discovery. So they had Girlfriends, which I liked. Their most unnecessary was a three-way tie, The Elephant Man, The Irishman, and The Prince of Tides. So uh, The Elephant Man, I, I get The Irishman. A lot of people think, okay, you, it's on Netflix or it's they mm -hmm. don't like it or whatever. Um, and then they have most flawed releases, Leave Her to Heaven. So um, that website, I, I love to see what they hate. <laughs> I think that's what... That's my right. interest there, but um, yeah, there's definitely um, some a uh, fair amount of hate there too. So <laughs> there's their their covers they they can tee off on yeah. covers, um, and uh, they also have worst cover is uh, the Lost Honor of Katarina Bloom and Tia right. Rama. So um, are are you agreeing with I, any of this? Eh, I I don't know. I I find it interesting <laughs> where they the negativity, uh, but I I don't really agree with it. Like I would much rather in uh, in own the Irishman than to uh, watch it on Netflix and I, I was a big fan and the elephant man I don't know why that's considered unnecessary I mean it's David Lynch um, I guess there there was a other blu-ray copies I think in the UK I don't know if it had a US release but um, you know it's criterion so you know that's why it's necessary <laughs> so you know yeah and, and you know you you can pile on that forum. It's a it's a pretty remarkable forum. Uh, they do get a little stark, snarky. It has a right. personality, but I, I do always enjoy their their uh, end of the year. And so that is pretty much all we have for uh, for news. So shall we talk cool. about short yeah, takes? Let's short it. I, I I know you haven't seen much lately, but uh, have yeah, you seen I have something? one that uh, I I know is in your wheelhouse, uh, Aaron. You actually brought it up when you talked with John Lobinger. So. Um, this is a director that I feel like I can uh, watch with my wife, which you know makes it easier to to schedule. And we went back to his breakout film, Life is Sweet, and it's uh, Mike Lee. So yeah, Ooh. I know you're a big fan. This is his uh, international breakthrough, and uh, I've talked about him, uh, you know, some in the past. I just he's. He's so good, Aaron. He's such a great observer of human behavior. Uh, this one is about, it's a shop assistant. Uh, her cook husband and her twin daughters ponder their lives over a few weeks in working-class suburb north of London. Um, so that's IMDb. I think his, his characters, they're, they're slightly over the top, but they are great. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's and I and I mentioned that his films are kind of an alternative date date movie because they're funny, but they also have some humanity, uh, especially at the end. Yes, um, they really come together. Yes, so and I. I, I feel like he gets the best from his actors. Like, their career best performances are in a Mike Lee film. Um, so, to me, that's just a sign of a master. Um, you know, it's he just gets the best from, from everybody. So, I... Yeah, he he is a master. Yeah, I, I love this one. It, it, he still has a, a, a grouping on the Criterion channel. And uh, we, we recently dug into Career Girls, which I, I liked a lot. Uh, as well, and uh, All or Nothing actually left the channel, so I'd watched that on DVD recently. Hmm. Uh, that's 2002. Timothy Spall is in that one. Uh, I feel like that one's a bit unsung. It, it just doesn't quite get the renown, maybe a little more forgotten um, uh, from him, but I, it's, I think it's one of his toughest films, but also, again, just so rewarding. So I just, if you haven't dug into Mike Lee and you, you know, some some humor, but, you know, like I said, some some really strong humanity, especially at the end. Uh, I love every one of his films. Yeah, there's one scene in particular that is uh, just really. So I, I I'm actually curious how this would land from a parent's perspective. Yeah. So we don't have kids. We've talked about this before, uh, but uh, this the d- dynamic between the mother and the daughter is uh, is pretty. Uh, can be pretty explosive, but also really, uh, as you put it, yeah. human. Um, and uh, there's some great scenes, and there's some comedy. So Timothy Spall is oh, uh, comic yeah. relief. The, the scene in the restaurant, his little ESP of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that, that yeah, your your Mike Lee does deliver that. He, he can he can have a serious film, and he, he can be light sometimes too. Although you know maybe not always. Vera Drake doesn't right. have a lot of right. levity. Yeah, and All or Nothing. I, I, yeah, I don't think it, it's considered as levity, but there are some scenes where just the absurdity of what some of the characters are saying mm-hmm. and doing and how they're reacting. But there's a truth there. There's the truth under the absurdity. So yeah, it's one of my, one of my favorites. And I actually haven't seen any of his 2010 films. I just kind of, he's a director that I go back to oh, wow. periodically. I don't want to just watch it all. So I, I looking forward to, to watching some of those. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I've talked about my hatred of biopics very frequently um, and it's it's not really hatred. I, I just think that they become formulaic, and uh, you know, every year there's some that are in, uh, that are right. Oscar contenders. But uh, Mr. Turner is an exception, and I highly recommend that one. It's a gorgeous biopic. Uh, so that's that's a, a post 2010. Right. And no, have you seen it no. another year? Yeah, and that is 2010. So yeah, yeah, that's that's good too. I uh, he I haven't seen his last right. one. Right, Peter Liu. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's just, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's been out. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, as we, as John and I established, he has a very high batting average uh, of of successful um, films, and so yes. this is the, the person <laughs> I'm going to talk about. Uh, so hmm. her name is Claire Denis. Uh, she is. Uh, so I, I finally watched Beau Travail. Uh, it's been on the sight and sound list. It's one I wanted to see forever. And you know, um, there's that saying that good things come <laughs> to people who wait. Yep, they do. Uh, I think I. I could not have picked a, uh, a the right time, you know, both in like mental space and in uh, restoration. You know, this is a beautiful looking film. So unless you saw it in 1999, it oh, probably has great. never looked this good. Hmm. Uh, this was to me, and I've seen a few clear to me. I'm not not all of them. I, I there uh, like 35 shots of rum or whatever it is. A, mm-hmm. a few I, I have to see, 
But this one was basically everything that's great about Claire Denis mm. personified. I mean, this was almost the perfect Denis film, almost the perfect mm. French film. So I, I just loved, and, and Andrea watched this with me too, and sometimes she doesn't go for mm. what's typical with Denis, you know, kind of that slow, meditative, uh, um, uh, I guess, atmospheric, uh, yeah. She, she likes a little more narrative, yeah. uh, a little more driving yeah. force. Yeah, it's very elliptical too, so that, you know, it, there, there, yeah, there just isn't that driving narrative. You just get, you, you're, you're in and out with these characters, so, yeah. Well, you know, I, I say that, but mm. she was enthralled. And in fact, even she liked it. She didn't like it as much as me because this is totally my 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 cuppa, sure. as they say. Um, but she but she thought it, she was surprised given the pace and how slow it seemed, like how how soon um, it ended. You know, she was pretty immersed, mm. in it, and I was as well. I mean, it's just gorgeous uh, scenery. It just there. Um, where was that? Um, I, I think Yemen is on the other side. Um, Anyway, it's a coastal, coastal uh, nation that I had forgotten. <laughs> um, but yeah, great, great locations, beautiful cinematography, yeah. and just the the, the chemistry. Denis Levant is a treasure oh, yeah. uh, as an actor. You know, you know him probably from Leo Carex's yeah. films. If you've seen um, what was the one with the leprechaun? Uh, yes, Holy Motors. Uh, pr- pretty memorable. Uh, we'll just say he stands at attention. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, he was he was in um, a Harmony Korine film as well, uh, Mr. Lonely. I think is that's a little bit forgotten. And he yeah he I watched that and he just showed up. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a wonder. Yeah, and he's I think he's been in all of Carrick's films. I I could be wrong, but the majority of them. And uh, the the thing is, he's not like that. You're you're. You're you're great looking leading man. In fact, uh, and I, I don't want to knock somebody's appearance, but mm-hmm. he's he's a little more grizzled, and I think that's certainly come through in the Carax films. I'm probably saying that wrong, uh, but through this one, I mean, he's a little, you know, he's he's with this uh, um, foreign legion, national foreign legion. So, Is that what yeah. they call themselves? Foreign legion. Yeah, he's part part of this this group, um, but he's, you know, he, of course he has the, the thin hair, but. And they all have, you know, they're shirtless and they have no hair. So there's a quite a bodily contrast between mm. them, and uh, and there's a, a chemistry with him and another uh, another individual that um, that really is the narrative. But um, but yeah, I loved it. I, I gave it a, a perfect score, and wow. I'm I'm very it's very very rare that I do that on, on a first watch. Uh, I don't, I just think that yeah, I just think it has to prove it to me. So yeah. If I had to do it again, this might make be among the top releases of the year. This among come and see. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, special movie. Nineteen ninety nine movie too. Yeah. This is one. I mean, I I, I say that I, when I started with Claire Denis a few years ago, everyone was. This is the one that everyone talked about, and I just I feel like I've been savoring it. You know, it's it's like it's like a box of you know forty year scotch sitting on the shelf, just uh, waiting to for the right moment. So because I've seen, I think I've seen about two thirds of her films. Uh, most of the big ones, but this is the big one I haven't, so I can't wait. Um, have you seen? Oh, it's Djibouti, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, that is Djibouti. the uh, the the, mm-hmm. the country. Have you seen? Um, I have so not. you haven't seen this yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Mark, Mark Carney, you have some things to look forward to I in twenty twenty one. Well, on that note, let's uh, let's cut this Criterion stuff off and get to our piece of flair. Yeah. So I I've been uh, I. I always appreciate a little shout out to Scott and I. 
he does a really good job of covering his top films of the year on the yearly podcast on Battleship Pretension. And I always like listening to that. It gives me a, you know, some idea of some films that I, I should check out on you know, the International Art House Circuit. Joshua Brunsting does the same thing. He, he posts a list on Criterion Cast. It's, it's well, always drives what I, what I want to see. So I kind of just wanted to do that for uh, the listeners, maybe put a couple things on Criterion fans' radar that may or may not have been there. So um, briefly, the first one is Driveways. This is a... Again, 2020 movie. I, I think it was released uh, in 20. It's a 2020 U.S. Uh, release. Andrew Ahn's second film, uh, a really great movie, just a indie drama uh, with a incredible performance by all three actors. Uh, includes, um, I think the actress um, actress's name is Hung Chao, who was also in a much different role in Watchmen. Uh, from 2019, and a, a late Brian Dennehy performance uh, that I highly recommend. This one is most likely going to make my top 10 list, so don't forget Driveways. The second one is, oh, and that's showing on Showtime. Uh, the second one is Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, that I think is going to be my scene of the year. Another indie drama um, she, the the director, I think it's her third film actually, Eliza Hitman. Uh, just a just a really good work, and that one is showing on uh, HBO. Uh, more than any, I, what I think of with that film is n- more than any other film, probably except for maybe the next one. This that one filled my empathy um, machine. So um, that's what you know. Films are supposed to do. They're supposed to generate empathy for characters, and that one did for me. And the last one is a Russian film. Uh, this one wasn't on my radar initially, but I, again, I, I highly recommend it for fans of a film in, in our genres of uh, international art house, uh, Beanpole, which came out. Uh, the director's name is Balagov, I believe it is, who is very young and fairly new to cinema. Uh, but this one is, it's very harrowing. And I, I think, again, anyone listening may appreciate tough films this one is a tough film but the colors are amazing and really the the themes of the film and the performances are are really really good so i would just recommend seeing beanpole if you do in the best format possible it's on movie and it's also got a kino blu-ray release and it uh, the colors just pop the reds and greens in this thing are are incredible so uh, just a great cinematography. So those are my uh, three recommendations: driveways, never rarely, sometimes, and uh, Beanpole. Uh, Andy Teal in, uh, <laughs> in Beanpole. Very green. It's so green, Aaron. It, the greens and the reds. It's, it's it's. I've never seen anything like it. So, yep. Well, guess what? I actually uh, this this year what I've done a little more than usual is uh, some of the movies I would rent. I ah. bought the Blu-rays. So I. I I bought the, I think it was on sale. So I bought Excellent. the Kino for being pulled and it just arrived this cool. week. So yeah. I'm going to watch it. Take. Thanks, sir. Now, would you say, is that a weekday film or a weekend film? I think I did it during a weekday. It depends on how tired you are. It's a little over two hours, definitely slow. So if you're, if you start it early, weekday, weekday uh, otherwise, <laughs> you know, Sunday afternoon might be good. Yeah, that, well, we're recording on Sunday afternoon, so although there's there's football, right. so I don't know. You might need um, some football after this, so. 
<laughs> I have not seen driveways, but I have seen never rarely, sometimes always. I, I hope I got that in the right order, but I think I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it's it's the title and, uh, scene, and uh, it yes. just blew me away. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and you know what's funny is you're like, what does this mean? But then when yeah. you when you get to that scene, uh, yeah, a very very good job by the that actress too. First time actress really just too. Both yeah. something else. Yeah. It, it kind of has like a neo realist uh, yes. uh, bent yes. there. Really, so, really good point. Um, yeah, and the the other character who you never see but only hear uh, that is her actual job. Um, so you know, it's a it's almost a little hmm. documentary uh, like in that that scene. Uh, but of course, is the performance that is just on her face. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, powerful scene. So uh, yeah, hopefully people will remember that because it was one of those that was going to come out right about exactly. COVID. I think it was a Sundance yep. favorite. Yep. Kind of like First Cow, you know, it, it it was just coming out, and it I think it would have had even more. I've seen it on a lot of lists, not as high as some. Uh, it's going to be pretty high for me. Yeah, actually, so we did that with First Cow as well. We bought that because Andrea hasn't seen it, uh, but I'm, I'm we're going to watch it together. I, I've seen it. Agreed. I think it's exceptional. It's not my top list, but um, so okay. Well, my piece of flair, uh, which is everything, anything not related to Criterion that I've been digging, has been a comfort watch. Uh, so you know, we got a pandemic. You know, it's been a kind of kind of a rough election. There's was I don't know. I guess you could call it an insurrection. So I decided to watch a really grisly docu-series about true crime called... So I watched uh, The Night Stalker. Uh, I, f- I forget the full title. But it's this a four-part docu-series about the uh, the murderer um, in, uh, that, uh, that was in L.A. area and later San Francisco in the 80s. Hmm. And yes, it's very, very dark. And uh, what's interesting is I actually... I, I was there. I, I lived in, in right. the Bay Area around this time. And I re- I remember the fear. It was palpable, and uh, and, and this was not uh, San Francisco is only part of where he um, operated. It was primarily a uh, Southern California, L.A. suburbs, and um, so. But yeah, as a kid, p- parents are like, "Hey, k- kid, stay home." Right. Uh, it, it was a big deal, and uh, but but I, you know, being a kid, I didn't really know the. I, I knew some of the story, having read about it as I aged, but um, but I, I didn't really know the the full. Uh, exactly what happened, what was behind this guy, how they caught him, all that. And uh, it probably is just, it's probably on Wikipedia if I looked it up, but uh, it was a pretty good documentary. Um, it's mm. been criticized for being too grisly by showing crime scenes, uh, but I, and and I, I saw that before I watched it, and I honestly didn't, I mean, I, I think you kind of have to. You, you can't just pretend that uh, it's puppies and rainbows. And the and they, they, they did, you know, they didn't show a lot of dead bodies, they, but they did show, you know, like uh, blood on a door, that, that sort of thing. And then and that's really just the first two as they're exploring his crimes. And then later as they catch him, spoiler alert, they <laughs> caught him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, pretty good. And I, and I like that it's only four parts and it's 40 minutes. You know, I, I there's been this this instinct of these, uh, the especially the, the streaming services with uh, docuseries right. to like have 10 parts and have an hour and a half it's just like i know we we all have a little more time or some of us have more time during covid but yeah make it just get to the point so it was a just the right pace and i bit i binged it in a day oh wow excellent uh, yeah. yeah it was good on, so recommend is it. that on uh, streaming oh it's on netflix okay netflix yeah. netflix yeah sorry cool. should have added added that so that's it. That's uh, our first show in a, yeah, over a year. Look at that. So bringing in 2021. Look at that. So where can we find you online, Mr. Herney? 
I'm not tweeting a lot, but occasionally you might actually see some football there once in a while. Well, not usually <laughs> on Twitter, but uh, I'm at Mark Herney, H-U-R-N-E, and Letterboxd. Um, again, not really reviewing there, but logging what I see. I will post a 2010 or 2020 favorite list there once I have that. Um, yeah, that's it. We'll have to compare notes because I have a, a working 2020 list. Uh, I've seen a few movies, but not nowhere near what I ordinarily would have seen. So yeah, I'm, I'm also on Letterboxd. Uh, uh, DSNT is my my username. Uh, you can find the sh- uh, find me at AWS505 on Twitter. Kind of like you, I'm not tweeting a lot. Uh, but f- you can find the show really at the group, the Facebook group, if you're uh, not a boycotting them. <laughs> uh, that's Criterion Now group. Uh, have a lot of fun there. And uh, you can find the show on Criterion Cast. Uh, please uh, feel free to be a patron and get uh, early unedited shows, but they generally sound pretty good. They don't sound terrible. And you get our, our pre-show, mid-show, and post-show banter with uh, some film discussion. So I, I, I enjoy right. I, Who doesn't want pee breaks? Who does oh. not? I mean, how can you, <laughs> how could we live, people live without a pee break? Well, that's a real question. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, thanks for supporting the show and listening, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks, Aaron.